You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest does a job most people would never do. One that is not only important and essential, but that deals with humans at their most vulnerable and emotional. Matthew Quaker is the director of Southern Cross Funerals. As a funeral director, Matthew deals with grief on a daily basis. Let's see what it takes to face such things each and every day. Welcome to the show, Matthew. How are you? Good, thank you, Anthony. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So, Matthew, what got you into this industry? Um, very close family friends actually um, originally uh, started up Southern Cross Funerals and they were very close to our family. And um, in 2006, one of the directors unfortunately suffered a major stroke and the other director had uh, semi-retired. So he came back down to Sydney and, and ran the business. But like anything, you know, people have a threshold and, and he thought it was time to move on. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to acquire the business and, and, and take it to the next level. So it's amazing. So yeah. can you tell us about some of the stories from the families and people that you've worked with? We've worked, look, we've, we've worked with a whole facet of denominations and families over the years. Um, I've had the business since 2010. Um, we're a family-owned business. We're independent. Um, so, like, my auntie works for me. My mother works for me. Um, one of my school friends from school, his mum's in one of our offices. <laughs> the, every, my team is like my family, so we all have each other's backs. Um, and we're all on the same page in wanting to give people the best send-off to a loved one that we can. So, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's all work really well together. And are you only based in Sydney or do you have other... No. Oh, yeah, okay. we're only based in Sydney. We're based in Sydney. We have, and, and on the central coast of New South Wales. So right. we have uh, five locations. And, um, and yeah, so we, we cover from sort of like Wollongong up to the central coast. Because funerals are a thing that I think most people, most people don't really think about until an event happens and they've got to attend one or be at one themselves. Um, right. I myself have quite a lot of experience with it. Um, I've had a sister pass away. I've had my mum just pass away in December. Um, many friends. So I've been around a lot of funerals and mm. there really is a difference in service. And you really do know when you get someone really good doing a funeral because it really is like a celebration of that person's life. And I think that's okay. essential. Totally. And that's how funerals have, have, have morphed over the years to be something that was mourned um, to now a celebration of the individual's life, what they accomplished, what they did. You know, funerals are so different. So that's why like, I love my job because every day is different. Mm. Every funeral is different. And each individual and each family that we deal with are different as well. They grieve differently. They have different expectations, different needs. And, you know, it, it's fulfilling for us to be able to, to, to help them through that and, and, and help them give someone they love the best send off they possibly can. Yeah. It's funny. I myself, I mean, people find my find this weird, but I don't really care. I actually did my sister's and my mother's makeup for their funerals. And, um, yeah. and it was so, such a beautiful moment for me to share with them because it was that final moment that I was going to be one-on-one -on -one with them. It, I will admit it is also a little freaky and a little bit bizarre because you've got this dead body in front of you. As I work as a makeup artist, the work itself was completely different 
because you know there's sort of no uh, elasticity to the skin the body's cold etc cetera, etc cetera. so there's a whole lot of other obstacles there but i must say that after i did it i actually even thought to myself maybe i could do this as a career it was something that i actually found so many people appreciated what i did afterwards oh totally and like we you know we have it's, it, it, it's quite ironic we have a lot of makeup artists contact us and go oh we'll, you know we'll do your makeup for you um however unlike the united states where a majority of the services over there usually have a viewing um in australia it's it's, it's not usually like that yeah. um you know viewings viewings is a very personal thing um you know and 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 the thing is with the, it, you know it depends if people have that closure they want that closure um for you to be able to do the makeup on your sister and mum you know it's an amazing thing to be able to do because a lot of people can't actually do that especially to someone who was so important to them like your, your mother and your sister so yeah. i take my hat off to you really because that is a, a really big thing to do yeah it, well yeah it took a lot of guts because i you know i wasn't i wasn't prepared at all but I think once I got there, actually practicing it was, you know, I sort of forgot about the scenario and just was doing my work. And, and, and in a way, it's sort of like your last gift to them. Yeah. You know, sending, sending them off somewhere where they look absolutely beautiful. Exactly. You know I mean? Well, I, so, that's yeah. the other thing too, because I know that my mother would have been really pissed off if she'd, <laughs> she'd been seen by people and didn't look their best. So exactly. I knew I had to do it, you know. She would be like, why didn't you do mine? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So what do you believe can be taught about not taking life for granted? Look, for me, you know, a lot of people say I'm very relaxed about certain crisis situations because for me, doing this job and being involved with families on a daily basis, you know, it, it makes me realise that no matter how bad things get for me personally, I've still got my mum, my dad, my sisters, my family. Um, and, you know, there's always someone in a worse off position than me. So, you know, doing this job gives you a real wake-up call on life to go, you know what, I need to live today for today. Yeah. I need to, you know, keep the people in my life. And even though, like, my parents and my sister sometimes get on my nerves and I get on their nerves where families, all families do, you know, one day they're not going to be here. And that's something that I keep telling myself with my parents yeah. because they are getting older and, you know, I've only ever got one set of parents and that's no matter what. So like for me, you know, I, I tend to hold the people close to me as close as possible. Mm. And, you know, that's why I have mum work for me. You know, I get to spend three days, she part-time, I get to spend three days a week with her and, um, and she can't yell at me at work because I'm a boss. So it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So with, um, with a funeral, a lot of people deal with mourning and death in different ways. Mm -hmm. Do people... Get, do some people get angry or aggravated or definitely the, yeah. look the, the, the saddest thing is unfortunately sometimes we actually play the mediator with families you have right. families who, who who have issues and you know in whatever capacity and um, when the time comes to to make the funeral arrangement it's everyone has their own ideas and if there's conflict between the siblings you know it can often make things very very difficult so that's why to combat that you know the the government states that the executor runs the whole funeral. So, you know, if you know if you have a, a sibling that's the executor and the other two want to do something, unfortunately, that you know the, the deceased nominated that person as their executor. It's mm. their job; they're in charge of everything legally. 
Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, for us, you know, there's been times when I've been in with families and there's been screaming matches and you just sit back and you go, wow, okay. Um, you know, I had a family about six years ago, um, beautiful family. But, you know, like the, the, the three sisters were in conflict and I just said, you know, I knew your mother and your father both. Um, you know, and they gave birth to you kids to love and cherish one another. And, you know, I'm not seeing much of that here now. And, you know, afterwards, and I said that because I know the family. So, yeah. you know, I knew, I knew them. And they, and one of the, the daughters came up to me and says, you know, Matthew, I want to thank you. It was the wake-up call we needed. And it wasn't anything big. It was just like, you know, we want this flower. No, we want this flower. Mm. And it just it escalated because see everyone's so emotional so when yeah. you know when people are emotional there's so many stages of grief that you know that people are at because you know the first stage is sadness and disbelief then there's you know anger and you know so there's all these all these emotions that go on so by the time they come to engage a funeral director's service you know they've they're sort of like got their business hat on so mm. you know they know sort of like what they want. But like for us, you know, if you've got a family in conflict, you just say, well, okay, you know, what do you think mum would have loved or what do you think dad would have liked, you know? Yeah. Because see, my attitude is, is with the funeral, you know, you can get married, count, you know, as many times as you want during a life. You can only, so like if you have one funeral, so it's got to be done properly. Mm. And that's what I say to fans. A lot of people get anxious and they say, you know, we want the funeral in two days' time and, you know, we want it as soon as possible. And we go, okay, you know, we can do that for you. But have you thought that you might want some printed material? You know, you might want to write a eulogy. There's all these things that people don't think about at the time. Mm. And you go, oh, well, okay, yeah, but maybe it is better we go, you know, in, in four or five days and we've got time to plan and get things done. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I've noticed because, I mean, only because I've attended a few funerals now, that I think that people subconsciously sometimes make them about themselves and their mourning and they go on this almost negative trip in their head where they do get really sensitive. They get very emotional about, and, and it's, it's because I think that they want the attention and it's, it's the attention I suppose for them is the comfort or the comfort for their mourning or their loss or whatever it may be. But I've noticed that a lot, that a lot of people really do like to almost have the focus put on them. And you know what, you know, having said that with you, like it's, it's, it, that, that could be sort of like seen as, as, as a stage of grief as well because mm. they feel so lost. Um, I think, you know, I, I haven't really experienced that, that much in my experience. Um, I think what it is, is, is more than anything, it's sometimes people trying to put too much in the service and trying to make it too much about the family and the aunties and the uncles yeah. that, you know, it, it, Sometimes, you know, the saying is keep it simple, you know, because if you have all these extra facets of the service and you've got people, you know, all, all these people involved, unless, you've got, unless you're a really good planner and you've got everything written down and you tell people what to do, it can sometimes turn into a debacle, you know. Um, I'm not saying that happens often. But with people, when they grieve, you know, everyone's different. So many people grieve so differently. And, this, and see, when you have someone who's ill and, 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 and you know that they're going to pass, you, for some reason, there's this sort of like mental stigma that you go, well, okay, I know I'm going to lose them. So you, they're sort of like, you're never prepared for death, but, yeah. but, you know, in a way they're better prepared. Whereas if you have someone who passes away suddenly from, from you know, an illness or, 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 or a motor vehicle accident with no warning, totally different stage 
totally different grief, mm. you know, and, and, and it's really hard sometimes when you're with those families in those circumstances because you can't help but feel what they're feeling, not to the extent by any mean, but means, but like, you know, you sit there and go, you know, I just wish I could do something and wave a magic wand and bring that person yeah. back, you know, because they're just so lost. And then, you know, the whole anxiety comes in, well, will they be okay? Yeah. And that's why, you know, I say to children who's, you know, whose parent, who's lost one of their parents, I say, you know, keep an eye on dad. Make sure you keep him busy. Make sure, you know, when he went to the nursing home, if mum was in, a, you know, in an aged care facility, you know, make sure he does something during that time because he'll be lost during that time when he always went to see mum every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, you know, it's an amazing, you know, it, it is an amazing thing to witness, you know, and I feel privileged to be able to do that. Subscribe to Ants Talk. Is there a limit on a funeral, like how outrageous it can be? <laughs> oh, no. This really? day and age, this day and age, not at all. Like, you know, we've, no. we've had families that, you know, I had a, an amazing family last year and they said, you know, I said, you know, would you like a celebrant? Nope, we don't want a celebrant. We want to do it all ourselves. And they were, they still like had a disco um, in the chapel. And, and, and you know, like, like they were getting up on the microphone and they were swearing and they were laughing <laughs> and they were, you know, they were the most beautiful family you'd ever seen. And, and like they've actually become friends of mine, you know, yeah. and, and, and like, you know, the, the, Ma- Maureen came up to me and she said, you know, Matthew, she goes, you're a friend. She goes, you know, you've done everything the way we wanted to do it. And I go, well, it's not my place to dictate to you how you want to say goodbye to your husband. That's your mm-hmm. choice. You know, there are time constraints at, at times. And, you know, if you go to a commercial crematorium or, you know, um, to have a service, you know, you, you, you know, you can book extra times for the family. But, you know, the thing is, there's no limit to funerals. You know, you can, you can have whatever you want, you know, within, within reason, of course. Like, you know, like we've had families bring their pet dogs to a service and, you know, just because mum loved her pet dog and the dogs, yeah. you, know, and they say, you know, can we bring the dog? Of course you can. You know, of course, we, you know, we seek permission first. Yeah. But, you know, of course you can bring your family dog if that's, you know, as long as it doesn't make a mess, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beware, family. Mine's yeah. going to be outrageous. <laughs> Can, um, can working in the death industry offer an inspiring life, do you think? It can. It can. Like for me, um, every day for me is different. So some people say they go to work and they say, you know, my job's the same. No two days are the same. You know, I meet different people every day. I, I get to interact with people, um, you know, and, and, and you know, you, you strive your best to do that. Yeah. Um, so like, so like for me, it's, you know, it's very inspiring because I'm seeing these people go from absolutely lost, not knowing what to do to going, you know what, thank you so much. It's exactly what we wanted. Yeah. You know, and that inspires me because it's a job that I get to help people every day and my staff get to help people every day. And, you know, there's not many jobs where you can physically see you helping people, you know, and have a relationship, you know, down the track. Like it's, it's, it's beautiful. Mm. Tune in each week for Ants Talk to learn about real-life stories, celebrities and everything in between. What do you think people get most wrong about funerals? Whether it be they're thinking about what is going to happen or... As I said earlier, I think sometimes people try to fit too much in for the time that they have. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, they... and, 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 And... by, by, by adding all these extra things in, sometimes it can fall apart. And, mm. you know, it's our job to sort of like stand back and go, well, okay, this isn't working that well. How do we mediate this? How do we fix this? Um, you know, and, and, and like a lot of the times it does work, but then, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. 
You know what I mean? And and to me, I think that's it. You know, to me, sometimes people by fitting too much in, um, you know, and not waiting, not giving enough enough time to plan. Mm. I think that's where sometimes things come undone. But again, you know, my philosophy is even you know even if things don't work and things. You know, when we step in and we try to fix it and help them or, or you know, something happens, you know, and as long as they're happy, you know, that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as long as they walk away and they feel that they've given their loved one the goodbye that they deserve, that's all that really matters. Now, I also know that you do pro bono work for charities within Sydney. Yeah. It's such a beautiful gesture, especially with what you're doing with your career. Yeah first of all, why do you do it? And secondly, do you, I suppose you really sense the appreciation afterwards. You do. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. We did a work for a charity quite a few years ago. We worked with them all the time since. And, you know, it was really eye opening for me because you were on this service and there were all homeless people and, and, you know, the people that would be judged typically to be the hard done by and every single one of the people that were there came up to us and like my, me and my staff and would talk to us and, you know, embraced us as part of the service, which was absolutely beautiful, you know. Um, and, and, and the thing is for me, no matter how, you know, like of course we can't as a business sustain doing pro bono work all the time. Yeah. But, you know, for me it's my belief is everyone deserves if they, you know, if they if they meant something to someone, you know, they, they deserve a proper send off, mm. you know, and, 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 you know, if it's within my power to, you know, to do that and help people, you know, I will. Um, but, you know, ha- having said that, we've also had cases where, um, like I had a gentleman a few years ago, his wife passed away in a hospital on the North shore and he had no money and he rang me in tears and he said, I've got $1,500. He said, and no one, no one will help me. Wow. And I said, I said, come down and we'll see what we can do. And I said, look, you can come into our little chapel. And I said, you can sit with your wife and you can sit with the coffin and then I'll get it privately cremated. And he came into the office and he just burst into tears and he said, I've been married to her for 60 years. Mm. And he said, you know, we've, we've lost a lot of money, you know, like they had bad investments and whatever. And he said, this is all that I have. This is my life savings. I said, well, you know what? I said, you keep it. Oh, that's, you know, that's, and I said, you keep that. And I said, you do what you need to do. Again, few and far between. But, yeah. you know, he just, you know, he really, he really just pulled on my yeah. heartstrings. And yeah. you could tell that he was genuine, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, you know we, we had another case where a family wanted a really expensive coffin. And son and daughter and I was talking to them and I said, you know, you know this coffin is beautiful. I said, but, you know, it's a $7,000 coffin. It's, you know, and I said, oh, you know, we want what's best for mum. I said, here you go. I said, what have you always wanted? And Maria, the daughter, looked at me and she said, she goes, what do you mean? I said, what have you always wanted? I said, what's something you've always wanted that you've never gotten yourself? She said, oh, I want one of those antique bracelets with the lockers, lockets on it. I said, okay. I said to the brother, I said to Mark, I said, you know what, what do you want? And he goes, oh, I've always wanted a nice watch. I said, okay. I said, this coffin's here's half the price. I said, why don't you go out, split the difference and buy them for yourselves. And every time you look at that bracelet and every time you look at that watch, that's your mum's last gift to you. It's so true. You know? and, 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 and like to me, like it's not that I'm doing myself out of business at all, but, you know, for, you know, you know, for me, I think maybe it's my European heritage. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, like there's a whole thing, you know, you've got to go and 
get, you know, you, you want beautiful things for someone you love, but, you know, it was a beautiful solid timber coffin that they were going to get cremated. Yeah. You know, crazy. and it's going to be burnt. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and again, little things like that. And like, I don't have KPIs for my staff. I don't do any of that because a lot of our industries can go on where it owned. Um, you know, there's not many independents left, unfortunately. Wow. But the thing is, the beauty about us is because we are family and, 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 you know, we work with families, you know, we do the best that we can. And that's why, you know, we've introduced packages that everything's all included. So when you get a quote, you know that you're getting everything for the service. There's no hidden costs. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're yeah, oh, it's very good to be transparent. Because I think that's the thing too, is it? I mean, I know recently just with my mother's funeral, it was, it, I mean, with my sisters, I didn't really have a lot to do with the organisation of it, where with my mums I did. And I think it is, it's your mourning and then you've got the fear of the dollars in the back of your head and you still want to make it perfect for them and not sort of scrimp too much and, But to be honest, I mean, we dealt with a great um, company up in Brisbane and they did an amazing job, I will say. And we got a beautiful um, coffin for her. She was cremated, but so be it, you know. Um, Cremation coffins can be, they are beautiful. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I think that a lot of people fear things. And that was actually my next question was, um, if someone's dreading going to a funeral or organising a funeral, what would be some advice you'd offer them? Basically, we've, what we've done, um, we're, what Southern Cross has done, we've, we've um, partnered with a, a um, computer company, like a, a program writing company, and we've, and we've um, because our industry is still handwritten, so we still use faxes. Oh, wow. um, yeah, in the funeral industry, because you're getting a lot of statutory documents signed. Yeah. You know, there's a whole there's a whole menagerie of paperwork. So basically, yeah, all of our systems at Southern Cross, we've made them cloud-based. So we can do all the arrangements over the phone, which has proven to be fantastic and, and, and very, you know, works really well with families during this COVID pandemic. Mm. Um, prior to that, we used to have, um, we, we could have consultants if people were um, didn't want to come into the funeral homes, we could send them out to their home. Um, you know, the, the, the thing with that, though, it is, you know, we do make sure that they are going to engage our services rather than saying, can you come out for a quote and you're still like, you know, three hours yeah. um, going out for quotations. So so basically we do have um, consultants that go to families' homes and we can do all the arrangements over the phone as well, which has proven to be really good during this time. And I know that you were just talking before, uh, before we had a little technical issue. <laughs> you guys still use faxes. Yes, so our industry still uses faxes, uh, fax machines. Um, a lot of funeral, yeah, a lot of funeral directors actually, you know, and as we did, we used to handwrite all the documents and get people to sign them. Whereas now, with our systems, they're all digital, they're all printed properly. Um, yeah. You know, which which again helps for any spelling errors or anything like that. So you know, and especially like when you're applying for official death certificates for um, for families, you know, we sent them out a summary form of their loved one that's got. You know, I'm say please check dates and spelling to ensure sure all this information is correct because it will appear on the official death certificate so you know we, we try to safeguard as much as we can throughout the whole process and and communicate so we have quotations then our services are engaged then we send out a confirm and everything's booked we send out confirmation emails which outline everything so the family are informed the whole during the whole process of what's going on mm, that's great what's the craziest story you can tell us we had we had we had a, 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 a 
a, a client who, she, and she, she wouldn't, God bless her, she wouldn't mind me saying this. Um, she said, because she told me that I could tell people, she had pre, a prepaid funeral with us for many years. Eileen yeah. was her name. And um, she had a cassette tape. And then when CDs came in, she brought the CD in and she had written, organised her prepaid to, to the hop to the last detail, and she would knock on the door with a cane and she would wave and go, you've got my disc, and we'd go, yes, we do, Eileen, we've got your disc, it's all good. So anyway, the, um, she, she, she did pass, and um, and on her CD cover said, this is not to be played till my funeral day. So we turned up at the crematorium, and she, I think about, she was about 94, 95 when she passed, and there were so many people there, and I thought, oh, my goodness, She's this old. I thought, have you turned up to the wrong service? You know, because there's like over 100 people there. And we actually, um, I put on the CD and I pressed play, and the pallbearers were out by the hearse. And the next minute, Wizard of Oz. And you think somewhere over the rainbow or something like that. And all of a sudden, it's the Wicked Witch of the West soundtrack. So everyone just laughed. And it was the most beautiful. It was the most beautiful funeral because there wasn't a dry eye in the house from tear, from sadness. It was, it was from laughter. I love it. And, that. you know, she'd been the founding member of so many clubs in the area. Um, you know, the exit song was My Way by Frank Sinatra, you know, and then the middle song, which everyone just roared laughing, was That's Why the Lady is a Tramp. So, you know... <laughs> So, so, you know, and she was a character and she was the most beautiful and you know and it, and it showed by the amount of people she, that she you know she, she her husband had passed she never had children so all these people were people that she networked with you know mm -hmm. and, and and friends and you know like and to be that age and have that amount of people is just you know you know a testament to her you yeah, know she was just a beautiful lady definitely. beautiful mm. how would you like your own funeral to be oh now you know I've 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 never really thought of it to be honest, but you know I've always had you know police escort, you know big no, just um, no, no, look 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 for me for my funeral, you know I just want it to be my family, yeah. you know um I, you know you know I'm very fortunate because I have a lot of people in my life, I have a lot of beautiful people in my life, I have an amazing family, um you know and and for me. You know, just something simple that sums up me, you know, and, and you know, and my life. Like, you know, and I want it to be different. Mm. So, you know, um, it was like, you know, my I was speaking to my dad the other week and I was saying, you know, Dad, I've picked out your funeral song. And he went, oh, that's good, son. I said, yeah. I said, Crunch Granola Sweet by um, um, Neil Diamond. And it's got a musical interlude in the, in the beginning of it. And, he, and I told him what I wanted to do. He goes, I like that, son. He goes, that sounds really good. So, like, the whole thing, like, jokingly, but, like, you know, for, you know to, to me, I don't know what funerals will be like in the future, but I just want something different, you know, not the traditional celebrant. And, you know, like, I, I had a staff member ring me last year and she goes, you know, this family want this. I said, if they want us, if they want a Charlie and the Chocolate themed funeral service with a hundreds and thousands coffin and that... We'll get it for them, you know. It's whatever makes that person happy, you yeah. know. If they, you know, you know, they want it, and it's within our power to do it. We will source it, and we'll do it because you know that's our job. That's so cool. I love mm. it. Do you think that most people fear death? Yeah, definitely. You know, and 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 you know what? I noticed that you know parents like like my son's six. And um, and he's been to my office and he knows about funerals and he knows what a coffin is and you know he's he hasn't like 
seen dead people, but, you know, he's, he's been exposed to it and, you know, he'll often ask questions and, 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 you know, and with media, he sees, you know, people who have passed and they go, you know what, they can't hurt you. It's only alive people that can hurt you, son, you know? Um, And, and, and the thing is like, you find that parents who haven't exposed their their kids to a funeral service or, or, or death per se, when they're adults, it's, a, you know, they, they find it really hard to cope because they've got a wider understanding. Whereas when you're a child, you go, yes, you know, Nanny and Poppy isn't here. Mm. And yes, they've gone to heaven and they've, and they've passed away. And I don't know, it's just, you know, I've, I've actually asked some families before, you know, have you been to a funeral service? And they've gone, no. And they, a lot of them find it really hard to cope. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, the more you get exposed to it, the easier it is. I yeah. think that, you know, the first one I ever went to, I remember that I barely breathed through the whole service because I was so, you know, I don't know, there's there's almost like this nervousness in the air and it's like when people are being forced to go to church, they sort of <laughs> sit upright and do, try yep. not to do anything wrong and everyone's in that sort of frame of mind where just attending my mother's funeral in December, I was so much more relaxed and because I've been exposed to it a little bit more. So it made it a lot easier. And then I could actually get to, not that I enjoyed it, but got to mm. sort of take it all in. But see too, you gave your mum a gift that not many people could, you yeah. know, and that, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's why like, people say to me, you know, how do you not cry on funerals? And I go, but I do. Yeah. You know, I do. I have gotten emotionals on funerals before and I have gotten teary and I have choked up. And, you know, we had a service a couple of years ago where these two boys, they were beautiful and their mother passed away and she had gone in for chemo and she left this message when she first started her treatment saying, you know, I love you both. I'm blessed to have you both in my life. I loved you. I love your wives and your kids. And, and, you know, I'm going to beat this. And we're at her and they played that at the end of the last song. And mm-hmm. I was walking towards the front of the chapel and I had tears streaming down my face. And I actually apologised to them. I said, you know, I'm sorry. I was, I was, I got really emotional. He said, don't ever apologise. Yeah. He goes, you know, he goes, he, he goes, I'm, he goes, in a way, I'm glad because you know, mum, mum's touched a part of you. Yeah. You know, and I went, oh, thank you for that. So yeah. That's amazing. Well, yeah. So Matthew, tell um the listeners where they can find more about your business. Uh, well, we're on the internet, uh, southerncrossfunerals.com. Fantastic. I really appreciate your chatting to us. I just, I, I and it's, it's, it's an industry that really fascinates me. It really is. I think it's kudos to you for doing such an amazing job. And obviously you do because I've heard the name very, very <laughs> a lot and I know Thank it you. very well. So you've obviously doing an amazing job and I, I really respect the work that you do also for the charity side of things. I think that's just so phenomenal, but thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. And we will chat soon. Thank you very much. Take care. All the best. Thank you. Ants Talk.